I did a uh, map of my own home stuff. I have 13 connected active devices. Not all of them are intelligent, but some of them are a lot smarter than they look. Hi, this is Greg Young. And this is Bill Malik. And you're listening to Real Cybersecurity. And speaking of reels, we are having a really good time with this month's special topic. National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, the party never ends. <laughs> Absolutely. Week two, device security. Yes. Yes. You should speak softly to your device. Don't make it feel anxious. Make it feel welcome. That will maintain <laughs> <laughs> It's security. Ah, uh, I don't talk nicely to it. You tell that router who's boss and you're going to update the OS on your router and patch it. You're the boss of your devices. You are the boss of your devices. So manage them like a boss. Make sure they know what to do. Give them guidance when they seem to be confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have so many devices now. So many in our homes. My goodness. You know, I did a uh, map of my own home stuff just as an illustration for an awareness talk some uh, months ago. I have 13 connected active devices. Not all of them are intelligent, but some of them are a lot smarter than they look. And it's daunting. So, yeah, hmm. the pass-through is the router. The pass-through is the thing that connects you to the Internet. But it's not the only choke point because guess what? We all have cell phones, and cell phones don't go through Wi-Fi. Yeah, you can connect to Wi-Fi, but they still have the uh, the 4G channel, which goes entirely outside that. So there are ways to get around your home router. Sometimes people uh, forget about this. They uh, you know use their phone to control the TV, and the next thing you know, you click on the wrong link and uh, or respond to the wrong message, and now your TV becomes a hub for generating spam or doing crypto mining. It's it's tough. It's a, it's a scary world. The two big things about your 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 router, that device that connects you to your internet provider, there's there's two big security concerns. So one is that changing that default password. It sounds like an obvious thing, but it's and it can be really hard to find because they don't make it friendly to change them. But ask for help from your provider, just even how to find it. Don't tell them your password, but just ask, say, hey, I need to change my default router password. And they should be very helpful with you to do that. Because if you've reset it to a factory state, it's going to go back to that default one, which is too often shamefully password. Mm. Good news is they'll often have a sticker on the side of it, which I'm actually all comfortable with. I'm okay with that kind of you know unique password that they've stuck to the side of it. It's just the default manufacturer one of like the word password. That's not cool. Second one is updating it from vulnerabilities that much like your computer, you get the Windows updates. Your router has sometimes as well updates. And unfortunately, many router providers don't make that an automatic thing that can be done. So uh, it can be cumbersome, but it's worth doing. Once again, you can get help from your internet provider. Just ask them to say, hey, I need to update my router. How do I do that? I'm concerned about security. And if they're good humans, they will help you. Yeah. Yeah. And all of the vendors uh, of internet have a way to help you update the router. Often the router is part of the package. Uh, sometimes you can opt out, use your own router. In that case, just call the manufacturer of the router and say, I need to bring this thing up to speed. How do I do that? And you, know, you maintain uh, compatibility. You're able to you know, block known attacks. Uh, home routers are the most often attacked home device. 
Why? Because everything flows through there. If you get that, then it really doesn't matter if they've been able to invade your nest or your TV because they've got all the traffic. Watch out about home routers. The the side of this that matters to business, of course, is that working from home is the new normal. People are very reluctant to go back to the office, especially when they discover they go back to the office, go through the protocols, wear the masks, and find that they're spending most of their time in their office with the door closed watching Zoom meetings. (laughs) So, you know, I had to put on pants for this. <laughs> so, you know, you, you say, well, let's, uh, let's treat the, uh, the home like a critical piece of infrastructure from the perspective of, you know, whatever your, uh, your employment situation is and, uh, make sure that that's pretty good. So yeah, yeah, be, uh, be smart about that. Certainly router password, big one device security in general. This is this is a message for those of you that are in information security positions again in corporate. About one out of every thousand five hundred portable devices gets lost uh, annually. So your individual chance of losing one is relatively unlikely on any particular day. However, if you have a business with seven thousand employees, you're losing one or two every month. Often those things are wiped and simply sold as hardware. But occasionally, you know, there's information on them and sometimes they're not wiped when they're sold. Uh, there was a story recent, uh, more than a year ago, about some PCs that were found in a secondhand shop that had classified Intel. I think it was the UK, but I don't want to throw a rock at them because I'm sure it's happened lots of other places. Absolutely. Uh, does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's, that's part of the life cycle story, folks, right? You buy something, you use it for a while, and then you get rid of it. In my own personal case, when I get rid of an old cell phone, you know, the three years or whatever has passed, the manufacturer is no longer providing security updates. There's a glitzy new one that has tint control. and You just can't live without it. Uh, what I'll do is I'll wipe the device, reset it to factory settings, and then I'll donate it. There are shelters for people who are at risk, and uh, they'll take them. You know, they may not buy a subscription, but you can still use the uh, old phone for making an emergency call, that kind of stuff. So... You know, be smart about the life cycle. When you buy it, reset the default password. Think about what applications you're installing on the thing. Don't just do a blanket migration of everything, but spend a little time curating what it is that you want on the new phone. While you're maintaining it, keep it strong like we spoke about last uh, last week. Make sure you've got that good backup around. And then when it's time to let it go, uh, don't just... Uh, Sell it for parts. Make, take a few steps to to erase stuff, clean it, reset it to factory defaults, and then uh, and then do with it what you will. Now, in some cases, the manufacturer will take the device back. Right? You have a phone contract. New phone comes out, and they'll give you a discount for returning the old phone. You know, up to a five hundred dollar gift card. Well, <laughs> if it's a if it's a five year old Pixel, then that gift card may be you know twenty nine dollars and thirty cents. But Bill, you told us how many miles you had in your car before, which is a lot. How many how many miles do you have in your phones? Well, I, the hard part is uh, the the power is actually uh, coal fired. Ah, yes, so yes. I realize I have to, <laughs> have to get green, but uh, it's a little bulky. Hold the bolt as you can fit the coal. It still works. Yeah, yeah. Ah. me and Gibbs. <laughs> we were asked to talk about smishing. Can we can we smish? Smishing. Oh, you know. I I have been a uh, a victim of smishing. Well, almost. I mentioned this uh, in last week's episode. Uh, I get this uh, SMS message, text message. It's uh, it's AT and T. Wow, they care about me. Gee, we're sorry about the mistake on last month's bill. Please click here to get your uh, recover that ex- unnecessary charge. It's like, uh huh. 
<laughs> well, before I could even click, the security software on my phone said, this is a bad message. Do not open it. Hooray. Yeah. yeah. Hooray for technology. Hooray. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good. But that's the kind of stuff you get. You get a text message. Your package is on the way. Click here for updated delivery information. Package? Somebody sent me a package? I had no idea. Yeah, and variations on it using COVID scams of, uh, you know, oh, this is an alert. You've been in contact with a, a positive case. Uh, click here to find out who and where and when and what you should do and try to capitalize on either stress, uh, fear, greed hmm. for the Walmart cards, things like that to claim your prize yeah. uh, with links there. So, yeah, that's, that's smishing. So just be, you know, hopefully the security software clicks in. Assume it's not going to. Uh, another variant is, of course, for names or contacts is they will try to mimic legit things. So uh, very common in uh, WhatsApp for them to use a logo that looks like, oh, Samsung, oh, we've given you a new phone. <laughs> so I get a lot of those for some reason. Yeah. We have an unexpected large number of cars in stock. So we're giving away a free Maserati. Click here. I have to say, though, it could be awful because, of course, you could lose bank information because they're also saying, hey, this is your phone provider. You're running out of minutes. You know, click here to uh, add add more minutes. Give us your bank info. That's you can have a terrible outcome, but smishing doesn't sound so bad. The outcome is bad, but it sounds like kind of a it's the friendliest kind of attack sounding name. So, yeah, yeah. Cuddly. How about vishing? Vishing. Mm. With a V. Vishing, yeah. Yeah, so voicemail, voice messages purporting to be from reputable companies or people such as your bank details. So using voicemail messages to say, hello, this is, you know, the uh, Internal Revenue Service bill. Mm. Um, this is your former professor who's passed away at the Internal Revenue Service where I'm working now. <laughs> I'm going to, the, yeah. the smishing did not work, so I'm going to vish you now and send you a voicemail to try to get sensitive information or to have you phone me back. Let me see if I can do this one. Hi, we've been trying to reach you about your extended warranty on your car. Please call one eight 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 E eight, and they will take care of it. Indeed, I never get. I have not had an extended warranty call. I get two a day. Wow, I get two of those a day. I don't know what list I managed to end up on, but thank you, whoever whoever did put me there, because I would be spending all my time thinking, writing talking with friends, but I just mute the phone. That phone, if it's not a number that I know, I got a call this morning at eight o'clock from somebody in Nevada. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with this, Nevada is in the Pacific time zone and I am in the Eastern time zone, which means it was five o'clock in the morning when somebody decided to call me uh, to tell me about my car's extended warranty. Ah. I suspect they're not really in Nevada. You're right. And the interesting thing here, this, uh, this is. Oh, Bill, come on. Come yeah, on. They, they, <laughs> he was probably. You're skeptical. He was probably behind, you know, and he, he was just working through the night to catch up. And this is a soapbox I'm going to get on because the, uh, FCC does have the power to enforce what's called, uh, real caller ID. Yeah. And yeah. real caller ID would identify this as having come from, you know, a call center in, you know, where Pickett, Mumbai, um, Ho Chi Minh City. But the, the point is that the economic structure supporting these things does not favor the consumer. The bad guys pay a certain amount of money to the long lines carriers to set these things up. And if one out of 10,000 people replies and subscribes, then that covers the cost. As the call is essentially 
you know, free to them. And the nuisance to 10,000 people is just really hard to uh, quantify a cost-benefit analysis. Uh, interesting analogy. This is like the old days when there was single sign-on. People said, we need single sign-on. Well, one of the problems with single sign-on is the discomfort to an individual having to go through all those different passwords is very difficult to quantify. And so if a single sign-on solution costs a business quarter million dollars to deploy across 50,000 employees, who's going to write that check? Uh, what individual is going to be able to recover a full-time employee's worth of expense by deploying it? Yeah, there are a lot of employees who will be less inconvenienced. Same thing with this. If there are, is not a regulatory action, then this sort of nonsense will continue. Now, you can go to your carrier and for $4 a month, you can buy uh, their uh, version of a real caller ID. And now you know that it's not Nevada, but it is in fact someplace in uh, South Asia or Latin America or wherever. But look at the time zone. They, these guys work nine to five like everybody else. But so what? <laughs> right? You now know the call. Somebody's calling you at, you know, 5 p.m. In India time or, or Philippines time. And, and what do you do? You're still not going to be able to uh, uh, make a report. Anybody who will not accept a, a call back from you, so you're saying, hey, let me call you back, give me a number. Anybody who will do that is not worth dealing with. Yeah. So that's a simple one too, that if you do happen to pick it up, uh, let's say it's, you know, let's say it is a, you know, unknown caller and you accept those kinds of calls or if, if you, if you do get fooled into picking it up, just offer to call them back. Sure. I'm busy now. Call, what number can I call you back at? Now that's not foolproof because of course, you know, using, um, you know, Skype and things like that, you can, you know, have a, have a number in the local area, but it's just one more barrier. And the majority of, you know, vishers will not accept a callback. Many will, but it just also gives you that moment to think about it, get some trust, think, think about what you're doing and uh, kind of uh, pause and breathe before you get engaged with somebody saying that you're about to be arrested by the, the uh, federal authorities for tax evasion, unless you give them your credit card information right now or send them 50 Apple cards worth $50 each, because that's how Mm. The IRS likes to get paid in Apple cards. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Walmart uh, gift cards of $499. Your federal government needs to buy stuff at Walmart. Come on. Come on. Absolutely. <laughs> those MREs, those yeah. MREs don't grow on trees, right? Yeah. yeah. What aisle are those in? What aisle, what aisle are <laughs> F-22 Raptors in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So so be smart about that. Uh, make sure your device is secure. You know, I would no lo more loan my uh, phone to somebody than I would loan my toothbrush to somebody. Uh, they, these are these are heavily crafted personal devices, and you know you should uh, treat them with a certain amount of care. Think about what you do with any other piece of valuable, personally valuable stuff to you, and, and take care. Uh, make sure that you know what's on there, and just just be smart. Uh, remember the bad guys; they're not targeting you personally; they're targeting everybody. This stuff is automated. It's simple. Throw up an objection and it's going to cease. They're not attempting to go after you personally. From a cybersecurity perspective, if you are the target of a foreign nation state actor, uh, then they're going to find a way. But uh, failing that, 99.9996% of the time, it is a random mass attack. There is there is spear phishing. If you have a critically sensitive position, then you may be the target of spear phishing. 
or even the uh, you know relative is in hospital, needs urgent care, give us your credit card number or send a thousand dollars via this this wire system. Uh, that's again preying on you know that in the moment. And once again, uh, yes, they may even know that you have a relative who traveled somewhere because of their their phishing was very targeted and spearfished you to know that you know. Uh, but uh, just once again, pause, stop, call back. One challenge, uh, last tip was on credit card numbers that are you can store on your phone in terms of like uh, the features to be automated. So yes, they're not in the clear, but you can provide them if you click and authorize them. But just once again, stop and think before you provide that collision of two security services, i.e., you know, not providing your credit card, but having an easily masked one in your phone. Just to, once again, before you pay, think about it. And have this discussion with your kids and family members maybe this week at dinner or wherever you get together in front of the TV. Say, hey, let's remember that people want to get our information or get our credit card numbers and just stop and think. Don't. And there's no free free gift cards or free cars waiting for us. Nope, nope, nope. And AT&T is not going to send you a personalized text message offering to refund the overage on last month's bill. Not going to happen. Sorry. But your dead professor will. (laughs) 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 Poor guy. I feel bad now. Yeah, really. Yep. So things do change, but human nature, uh, not so much. There will always be somebody out there who's trying to pick your pocket. Don't make it easy for them. Yeah. Be smart. Be smart. Keep them out of the stuff. Yeah. And that's device security this week uh, on this special edition of the Real Cybersecurity Podcast for National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. We're wearing capes, by the way. You can't see them, but we really are. So we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for your time and attention. We'll be with you next week. That brings us to the end of this edition of Real Cybersecurity. I'm Greg Young. And I'm Bill Malik. Thanks for your time and attention today and joining us on our journey. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Real Cybersecurity, and our email address is podcast at realcybersecurity.net. Thanks.